Welcome to the first ever Breeze Radio Hour. The Breeze Radio Hour will be featuring a variety of posts and topics throughout the semester, so tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. on AM 1630, or you can stream us online at chafee.edu slash broadcast. On today's broadcast, we'll be talking about some of the issues that are often ignored by the mainstream media and our leaders in Washington in favor of ones that have far less relevance to our lives. And we'll also be talking about how actor Adam Driver, who played Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars trilogy, is bringing arts to the armed forces. But first, why are so many fascinated with serial killers? And where does this fascination come from? I'm your host, Eric Spencer, alongside Haley Carrillo. How are you, Haley? I'm alright. I haven't had nearly as much caffeine as I should have today, but other than that, I'm good. I may have had too much. But, uh... Here we go. So you're one of those people fascinated with serial killers. Tell me, uh, where did this fascination come from and where did it start for you? So funny enough, uh, this fascination of mine started at the mere age of five years old. That's Um, pretty young. Yeah. (laughs) I was definitely exposed to much more than I probably should have been at that age. Um, But it actually started with my mom. Uh, She was a stay-at-home mom for a really long time. Um, And while she was doing chores around the house, she would have shows like Dateline, Snapped, other weird A&E shows on. And I would just sit there and watch them with her. And she didn't really care because of the fact that it kept me quiet. Did uh, was she worried about your fascination with this at some point? No, not at all, because she was super obsessed with it and read all these books. um, And once I became, you know, a little older, uh, like 10, um, so not that old. Uh, Still pretty young. Yeah. Uh, She handed off all her books to me, and that's how I got a lot more intrigued on the topic. Yeah, so uh, have you noticed that since you've been getting older that more and more young people are are fascinated with this topic? Oh, definitely. Um, I honestly think the fascination started off when I started reaching, like, the end of high school. Um, It became a much more... I guess, common interest amongst young people. And I think, honestly, media has a lot to do with that. Uh, of course, we have shows like uh, Bates Motel, You, uh, Mindhunter, that kind of not romanticize it, but kind of over-exaggerate to the point that makes the characters interesting. And writers and directors definitely make it a point to where audience members can kind of identify with them in a really weird way. <laughs> what do you find more interesting, um, shows and, and movies about serial killers or the actual stories themselves? Oh, definitely the actual stories themselves uh, because of the fact that I can kind of delve into their socioeconomic background and kind of see what drove them to do what they do. What do you think uh, drives this fascination with most people? I mean, it, other than TV shows, I mean, you're obviously exposed to it at a young age, but um, why do you think those shows are appealing to pe- most people? I mean, I know you're not alone in this fascination. I think it's a common fascination with all things dark and not mysterious, but kind of not common Uh Of course, serial killers were really common throughout the 70s, but now we've seen a diminishing number of them. Um, And I think people want to be able to understand why they did the way or why they did things the way they did. So what do you think are some of the top factors um, that cause people to commit these horrible crimes? From the books I read... uh, it seems mommy issues come into play, <laughs> um, but it could be a number of things, uh, abuse, um, just how they're treated 
in their household, um, in school. Uh, a lot of the times uh, when they grow up in poor environments and they're surrounded by not a really common uh, routine, uh, usually that's kind of what drives them. Like, for example, uh, Ted Bundy's mother kind of dated around a lot and didn't treat him very kindly and the men she was dating didn't treat him very kindly and that's kind of what drove him to do the terrible things that he did to target women specifically yeah 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 uh those are pretty horrible stories um we are um we have some news stories that we're going to go through but maybe we are going to play a psa announcement before we get into those Hydrogen cyanide, carbon monoxide. These are just a few of the 7,000 chemicals that can be traced from cigarettes. Tobacco-related deaths are expected to rise to around 8 million annual deaths worldwide by the year 2030. Put down the cigarette and don't be one of those people. All right, so before we delve into the nitty-gritty, here are some news stories for the day. Just today, Harvey Weinstein was found guilty on two charges of sexual misconduct after six women had testified against him. Weinstein may be facing life in prison. Um, Also, for for those who weren't able to see Oscar winner Parasite, you can expect to see it streaming on Hulu on April 8th. And finally, let's take a moment to pay respects towards the families of Katherine Johnson, who passed away this morning at the age of 101. Johnson was a NASA mathematician who helped pave the way for the first American astronaut to successfully orbit the Earth. So, you know, while we're on the topic of news, Eric, I did read your recent piece that you wrote. Really, really good. Thank you. Um, Forgive me, but I'm very ignorant (laughs) when it comes to politics. uh, So I do kind of have some questions regarding uh, your piece. Sure. What specifically? Go ahead. Um, So, for example, or, well... First things first, uh, can you kind of uh, explain what corporate media is for those who don't know? Well, corporate media um, is basically, at this point, all of media. Um, after the 1996 um, telecommunications bill passed by Bill Clinton, um, media consolidation um, has shrunk from then till now to six corporations. Um, they basically bring us everything we see and hear. Um, which really limits the amount of conversation that can be had and uh, you know it usually focuses on things that uh, don't really affect our lives in my opinion Mm -hmm. um, as much as some of the stories that we're missing so corporate media definitely has a lot to do with the whole topic of your um, piece which is distracting uh, the public from serious issues that are occurring around the world everywhere yes correct Um, you know, a lot of our news coverage lately has been focused on um, things that most Americans aren't really that concerned with. Um, no matter what your opinion is on, uh, you know, Trump-Russia collusion, 
um, it has pretty much dominated all of the discourse in the media and in Washington for three years. Meanwhile, um, you know, in my opinion, the things that Trump is actually doing, the things he's passing with the help of the Democrats in the House and the Senate um, are are being missed. You know, um, we usually concentrate on Trump's mean tweets, you know, and although, you know, it may be important to you to be to have civil discourse. In my opinion, um, a lot of the things that are going on around the world are far more important than uh, who's rude, you know, online. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of the stories that we're missing are have way more impact on our lives. You know, um, the Flint water crisis has not ended. That has been something that came into the news, and I'm not saying that it wasn't reported at all. Yeah, but there was in, a lot of coverage regarding that, and there, there still is. There was a lot of coverage regarding that, but I really haven't seen that much um, in the last few years. It's almost as if it has gone away, mm-hmm. and uh, that's absolutely not true. There are still pipes that need to be replaced. There's still really high levels of lead, people getting hurt every day. And it's not just that. Um, there's water crises, crises. <laughs> all over the country and indeed the world. Um, A Flint water crisis is just one. There's dozens of cities Mm -hmm. um, throughout the country that have toxic substances in their water, you know? And according to uh, the World Economic Forum, two thirds of the world could be living in water-stressed countries by 2025, so that's only five years away. Um, You know, states in the United States like New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, Nebraska, we're gonna need to make serious changes in uh, how we supply ourselves with clean drinking water. Um, It's not just Flint and it's not just lead. There's um, a number of corporations throughout the country that have been dumping toxins into our water for decades. Um, Recently, there was a movie, uh, I think I believe it's called Dark Waters with uh, Mark Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Yeah, and it's about uh, DuPont dumping toxic chemicals in their production of Teflon. And these chemicals that are known as uh, PFAS, or otherwise known as C8, are um, literally attached themselves to your DNA. And we're gonna see effects of these things for generations to come. You know, you can pass these um, things down to your family or down to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they cause birth defects, cancer, I mean, you know, you name it. So that's just one of the stories. And to kind of stop you right there, is there like a specific reason why you describe uh, distracting the public as a form of art? I saw that in your article and I thought that was a, a pretty interesting uh, comparison that you made. Because it's, it's I mean, it's, a, it's complicated, you know, and the reason I called it an art was because it's something that's, um, you know, been tested and perfected in politics for years and years. I mean, you know, there's people that do psychological studies of how do we actually get people's attention? How do we keep them? How do, um, how do we distract from, honestly, the topics that are have a bipartisan consensus? You know, both this is not a, a Republican or Democratic thing. It's mm-hmm. both parties are ignoring some of the big things that affect our lives the most. I mean, 
you know, recently with uh, the campaign of Bernie Sanders, we have been talking more about income inequality. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, this is not something that is, in my opinion, as big a story as it should. While we're talking about Russian collusion nonstop for three years, which after the Mueller report came out, like it or not, he found no evidence of collusion. Yeah. So for that to dominate the news cycle while people in this country are struggling, I don't think is right. You know, uh, in this coming election, you know, Trump is going to run on his quote unquote strong economy. You know, the GDP is up, um, unemployment is down, but those aren't really the metrics that uh, measure how people in this country are actually doing. Mm -hmm. Just some stats for you, and most of these are from Forbes and the Institute of Policy Studies. 76% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 62% of Americans have less than $1,000 in their bank account. Since the last recession, there's 900,000 fewer middle-class jobs. I mean, you know, the middle class in this country is has really been decimated. Uh, according to the Social Security Administration, 51% of Americans make less than $30,000 a year. That's not really a living wage. Yeah, no, nobody can all. raise a family on that. Mm -mm. Um, do you think Trump's impeachment is kind of a distraction from bigger kind of real world issues? Because, I mean, in my opinion, uh, the impeachment, I kind of consider that a win for uh, not only myself, who is a Latina woman, um, but for a lot of people. Um, and But it kind of seems like it was a bigger deal than what it actually was. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. So I'm not a fan of Trump, all full disclosure. <laughs> I would like to see him impeached as much as anyone. Mm -hmm. But the problem I have with the impeachment is that what they decided to impeach him on is nowhere near his highest crime. Yeah. They, we are impeaching him because he threatened or, you know, that they say he threatened to withhold giving arms to the Ukraine. And I, in my personal opinion, the proliferation of more weapons all around the world is a bad thing. Now, this is a policy that when Obama was in office, he refused to do. He refused to give the Ukraine the weapons that now the Democrats are saying we have to give them. And Trump not giving Ukraine more weapons is a threat to national security. Now, mm -hmm. I find that hard to believe. I believe the proliferation of weapons is a danger to mm -hmm. the entire world. And, you know, what he hung over or what he hung over supposedly the Ukrainian president's head was, or he, he basically, they said it where there was a quid pro quo, that he needs to open an investigation on Joe Biden, which all that did, and by bringing this to, um, the, you know, the forefront of news in this country, all that did was help Trump, because mm -hmm. it pointed out the fact that Joe Biden and his son Hunter, in my opinion, are indeed corrupt. Mm -hmm. He is son who was kicked out of the military for using cocaine has absolutely no experience in the fossil fuel industry, mm -hmm. was put on a board of the fossil fuel industry, which by the way, many um, 
children of politicians have ties to a lot of Ukrainian corporations. Yeah. This is not a this is not you know an isolated thing. So that is one of the reasons I think they didn't want it to be in uh, the Democrats didn't want it to be investigated is because a lot of their family members on both sides of the aisle are guilty of the exact same thing. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the Democrats trying to punish Trump for exposing the corruption mm -hmm. that obviously exists. He was getting paid, Hunter was getting paid $50,000 a month. He lived in a luxury apartment. So it, it just doesn't resonate with the American people, you know, when you when that's the reason for impeachment. Yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, um, and honestly, like, I had no idea that the impeachment was because of the threat that he made to Joe and Hunter Biden. I honestly thought that the impeachment was due to uh, just how he's been while in office, uh, how he's been withholding a lot of things, how um, people are having issues with homelessness and just being underpaid. Um, so when I read that in your article, I was like, wow, I actually had no idea that that was even happening. You know, these are the type of things that he should be impeached for. Mm -hmm. His destruction of the EPA, his multiple emoluments clause violations, which is refers to financial crimes. He's profiting directly off of being president. Um, the Saudis rent entire floors of his hotel and run up bills of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Don't even stay there. This is directly them funneling money through Trump's businesses into his pocket. That is an emoluments violation and he should be tried and impeached for it. Agreed. And there's other things, you know, him waging endless wars, which is just a continuation of the previous administrations. In Syria, he launched missile attacks that the Democrats said weren't enough, and they were not sanctioned by the UN Security Council. So under international law, those are illegal. He has pulled out of multiple nuclear arms agreements, which is only going to fuel a new Cold War and a new nuclear weapons buildup. Um, between Russia and the United States and even China and so similar to when Nixon was impeached they did not impeach him for any of his true crimes Nixon waged an illegal secret bombing campaign against Laos and Cambodia that killed countless amount of people and I've been to both of these countries and I've witnessed the victims that are still being born today with mm -hmm. birth defects and unexploded munitions that you're just farming and I met a man whose arm had no arms and no legs and he had lost them decades after the war farming you know so he didn't get impeached for those things what he got impeached for was threatening the establishment of the other party so when you threaten the elite he broke into the Watergate Hotel and tried to get dirt on his Democratic opponents now when you challenge the other side of the two sides of power that exists in this country that's what you get in that's what you get impeached for not the crimes that affect most people mm -hmm. so i would like to see him impeached but i would like to see him impeached for things that actually resonate with people and all this has done and the numbers have shown this is since he was quote unquote exonerated or or acquitted by the senate his approval numbers went up Mm -hmm. And so, in effect, impeachment has done nothing but help Trump. And so that's why I'm against it. 
And what's your opinion on the $80 billion that have gone towards military funding? Well, that's a good question. I, uh, it goes back to income inequality. You know, I'll, I'll go back to some numbers. You know, one-tenth of one percent hold more wealth than the bottom 90% in this country. Out of 41 wealthy nations, the U.S. ranks 36th in child poverty. There's a $1.2 trillion debt of, with, of student loans. 40 million Americans are paying off student loans. Medical bills are the number one cause of bankruptcy. Three men in this country own more wealth than the bottom 50%. So, and this is all in the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. So where could this money be better spent? We just gave the military an extra, well, Trump asked for $50 billion extra. And the legislature ended up giving him 80, more than he even asked for. And this was overwhelmingly voted for by Democrats and Republicans. Um, where could this money have gone? Homelessness, mm -hmm. but probably free college. So free college is estimated to cost $60 billion a year. That sounds like a high price tag. And there's, there's endless debates on in the media of how are we going to pay for this? Where's the money going to come from? This is just a pie in the sky. So... But when the military needs it, there is no town hall debate. There is no asking where are we, how are we going to pay for it. They just print the money and give it to them. Student loan debt. The reason it exists is because we do not have, like almost every other developed nation, free college, you know, K through all the way through college. Mm -hmm. um, that Did you number, hear uh, what USC is doing? You know, what are they doing? So USC um, is giving away free tuition to students whose family make, correct me if I'm wrong, or fact check me, uh, I believe it's under either $50,000 a year or I believe like somewhere around the 30s. Um, but apparently a lot of students uh, whose families make under uh, those numbers are going to be getting free tuition, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I wish it was something that could be implemented everywhere in the country. Right. Yeah, I, that is that is a good program. I, I definitely believe it does not go far enough. Um, part of why inequality exists in America is access to education. And if everybody, you know, we're not asking for equal outcome, we're asking for equal opportunity. So if your academic performance merits you going to a top college it should not matter whether you can pay for it or not mm -hmm. and in every other developed country it does it does not matter you you will get it paid for so with the with the 80 billion dollars that we gave to the military f for 60 billion dollars a year we could have given everyone free college that's the estimate for 20 billion dollars a year we could end homelessness so just with the increase we could have solved two major problems in this country that are of the utmost importance to a lot of people you know um homelessness i you know i'd like to give some stats on that the top cause of homelessness is being laid off a lot of people think it's just drug addicts or you know it, they have there's a stigma there and it's just not true 50 percent of those who are homeless grew up in foster care now that is an extremely sad stat to me for every homeless person in america there's eight vacant homes over 500,000 people in this country, including 70,000 homeless veterans. People, you know, so half a million homeless, and among those are 70,000 veterans. Every time rent is raised in Los Angeles by just 5%, 2,000 people become homeless. 
87% of new housing units that are being built in LA are luxury units, while only 13% are affordable. So these are problems, and I usually, I'm, I'm not saying that there's no stories ever written about this, but compared to, you know, Trump, Russia, and impeachment over, you know, trivial things. There's not enough. Absolutely. Um, so in your opinion, uh, with the upcoming election, um, what do you think needs to be implemented or what change would you like to see from, uh, the candidates who are running? Well, I would like to see a a bottom up democracy, which I think is what true democracy is not top down. Um, in my opinion, Bernie Sanders is the only one who even comes close to representing that, but just simply plugging a new executive into the office is not going to solve everything here. It's uh, it's going to take not only us getting a sympathetic person in the White House, it's going to take people in the streets um, protesting for all of these vital things that our society needs before it uh, becomes even worse. So it's gonna it's an uphill battle, but I think. The tides are beginning to change with a lot of young people voting. Bernie just won Nevada by a extremely wide margin. And I think that's where it starts, you know, but it doesn't stop after he gets into office. People have to get into the street and petition their local legislators for all these things he's trying to get done or else they're not going to get done. And on that note, uh, we'll begin with a quick PSA. Hey, did you see that post online about Julie? I totally wrote it. Wasn't it hilarious? Is all of that true? Who cares? She's dumb anyways. Are you talking about that post about Julie? Yeah. Funny, right? No, but that post about you was. What post? Oh, you didn't hear? You're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, and oh yeah, you smell too. The whole school saw it. No big deal. That's so mean. Do they really write that about me? No, but how does it feel? Sometimes you can feel all alone when being bullied. That's when you can really use a friend. If you see someone you know being bullied online, let them know they're not alone. Stand up now, support a friend, save a life. For more information on cyberbullying, visit stopthemean.wordpress.com or call our hotline at 1-800-555-STOP. We're back here talking about the mainstream media, politics in Washington, and what we're missing. Um, so, in your opinion, what do you think is more important? Um, I, you know, of just a few of the stories that I've mentioned, um, clearly, I, I hope you would agree with me. A lot of them hold a lot more weight and are a lot more important to our lives than what we see in the media. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Um, of course, like I said in the beginning, uh, I'm not too familiar with politics as much as you are um but i do have my own uh opinions and my own thoughts on what i believe should be done uh not only for the sake of the country itself but for people living in it and i think homeless homelessness is a really big option that or sorry a really big issue that needs to be fixed um it's sad to see that it's not something that's cared about more. Um, I remember a while ago, uh, I got into a discussion in a class that I was in, and 
the professor uh, kind of <laughs> uh, gave his own opinions on the topic and was explaining how he believes that in order to fix homelessness uh, in Los Angeles, uh, they should be moved into prisons because that's where, where they're going to be more safe. Wow. Yeah, I think that's kind of cruel um, to just throw just them in prison. Uh, so I want to get your opinion on that. Well, I think that's a horrible idea. Um, I think, yeah, that's a horrible idea. Nobody wants to live in a prison. Yeah. I mean, these things, there's plenty of programs, like I said, that can build public housing, but it's the thing about, is the money there? And the money is there. Another quick stat about the $20 billion that it would take to end homelessness. Americans spend more than $20 billion a year just on Christmas decorations alone. So to think that somehow the money is not there to solve this problem, which like, like I've, the numbers I've gone over, these people aren't just people that deserve this in their life. They are victims of the upward transfer of wealth. And we've witnessed the largest upper, upward transfer of wealth in the history of the world, in the richest country in yeah. the world. So I mean, needless to say, that is an important issue. And no matter what your opinion is on Russiagate, Russia did not make 500,000 people in this country be homeless. Russia did not, you know, preside over the biggest upward, you know, transfer of wealth in the history of the world. Um, so these things to me, although arguably maybe important they're not nearly as important as the kind of things we're talking about and speaking of the media and what they're missing the afghan papers recently came out which were leaked um which reveal uh and this story was broken by the washington post and uh again the washington post for the most part in my opinion i'm not a big fan but in in this case i have to give them props where they're deserved they broke the story, and which proves that the government has been lying to us for over 18 years. Which is no surprise there. Which is no surprise there, but which, you know, that's, I'm glad you said that because we've become so desensitized to the government lying to us about these type of things. You know, when the Pentagon Papers came out, when Daniel Ellsberg leaked them to the Washington Post, this was the biggest story in the country. Everybody was talking about this. Every single major newspaper ran stories regarding the contents of the Afghan papers or the Pentagon papers, which revealed that we went to Vietnam over a lie, that our leaders knew that this war was unwinnable, and yet we kept fighting, we kept killing, and we kept spending money. In Afghanistan, we've spent around $2 trillion. And where has this money gone? Today, supposedly we went there to fight the Taliban. And today, it's a fact that the Taliban holds more territory than before we even invaded. So what does this mean? This means hundreds of thousands of lives down the drain. This means thousands of American men and women in uniform have died in this war. And for what? You know, so when I hear we can't pay for these things to help people's lives... You know, I can't help but to scoff and cry and just be disgusted. Angry. Absolutely. 
So, and, and, you know, now we're desensitized to it. And so now that we know, yeah, the Afghan, you know, the Afghan war has been going on this whole time. The leaders in Washington knew that it was unwinnable, that we weren't making any progress. Um, they also revealed that, uh, the statistics were fixed at the request of the white house. You know, these are facts. And the fact that, that it's not even a blip on the media radar is disheartening to say the least. And I feel like it's terrible be, or it's terrible that, you know, me, myself, everyone, we see these news stories so much and sometimes it's hard to tell whether or not it's true and we kind of just brush it off because of the fact that there's so many different versions of these news stories coming out and you kind of just sit there and you wonder, well, what's real and what's not? Like, who am I supposed to trust? Who am I not supposed to trust? Right. Um, and right. it's it kind of gets a little confusing, which is why personally it's hard for me to kind of get into politics and follow along with it, just because there are so many versions of these stories. Um, for example, Trump's impeachment, um, when World War Three came out, <laughs> uh, when that was trending all over Twitter, no one really knew why that was happening. Uh, we just knew that uh, a war quote was being started. What, I'm not familiar with this. What there was World War Three? Oh my God! It was all over Twitter. People were making memes about it. People were thinking that they were gonna get drafted. It was a mess, but no one really knows why it was started. I mean, it was trending for maybe like one to two days, and then suddenly it disappeared into thin air, and no one cared anymore. Do you think that young people have a hard time deciphering what reliable news sources are, or? what fact-based reporting is, you know, um, no matter where you get your news, you have to understand where the facts have actually come from. You know, you can't just make statements that are, that aren't backed by facts. So do you think that young people have a hard time? Is that what you're saying? Knowing where to look for reliable news? I would think so. Yeah. And, um, do you think that people's lack of interest in the news comes from them feeling like there's nothing that they can do about it? Or do you think people are just interested in other things like, you know, movies and are those just, are, I'm not saying they're distractions. I'm not saying they're all necessarily a yeah. bad thing, but do you think people focus on those things more because yes, it's more entertaining or do you think they focus on that because they just feel helpless? Like there's nothing they can do about any of these things. I think it might be a little bit of both and a little bit more than that. Um, some people might not follow along with politics because either it doesn't affect them um, or they feel as though they can't do anything or because, you know, they just they don't care. Um, well, not that they don't care, but they just would rather kind of focus on something else rather than something that they don't truly understand. Right, right. Well, I would definitely argue it does affect their lives. Yeah. All, all of these things affect their lives. Um so I think we're going to get into another PSA announcement right now. So we'll be back here on the Breeze Radio Hour. Thanks for listening. Eight. We've worked together for years. Seven. I'm the parking attendant. I park your car every day. One in eight Americans is struggling with hunger. Six. We speak at PTA meetings all the time. Including millions of children and seniors. Five. I went to summer camp with your son last year. Four, I'm your old friend. We went to high school together. Someone you know is in need. Three, I work at the gas station. I pump your gas. Two, 
I'm your neighbor. Our kids are classmates. Who's the one in aid in your life that needs help? One. We live next door to each other. You can make a difference through Feeding America and its nationwide network of more than 200 food banks. Take action at feedingamerica.org slash one in eight. A public service announcement brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We're back here on the Breeze first ever Breeze Radio Hour. I'm with my host, Haley. Hello. I'm Eric Spencer. Hey, how's it going? We're Good. back. So I think we're going to end it on a lighter note here, something a little more positive. Now, you recently wrote an article in The Breeze about the guy who played Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars trilogy, Adam Driver. He has a new program where he's trying to bring arts to the armed forces. What is it? And how does... I mean, explain this to us. So... Arts in the Armed Forces uh, is a nonprofit organization that was started by Adam Driver, aka um, one of my favorite actors. Uh, <laughs> to say that I am obsessed with this man is an understatement. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, fairly old. It's a couple years old, this program. But basically, what he's doing is he's implementing his love for theater, the arts, and combining it with his love for the military. Um, he is an ex-Marine uh, who was medically discharged due to a, a mountain biking accident, um, but that's still something he always states that he's incredibly proud of. Yeah. So how does it work? What, is, what does he actually do? So basically, he and his wife, Joanne Tucker, uh, they get a group of theater-trained actors. Um, I'm trying to think of some that are currently... There's some actresses from Orange is the New Black. Um, uh, Key and Peele uh, help out a lot. Um, awesome. But they travel to different military bases. Like, they've been to Kuwait. Uh, they've been to Camp Pendleton. Um, and they put on shows, but they put them on in the simplest forms. Um so they try to implement that theater can be broadcasted in any sort of setting. So they don't have any professional lighting, no costumes, uh, no dramatic backgrounds. It's just them on stage reading uh, monologues or they put on full performances uh, for people in the military. Wow, that's that's amazing. I think that's a great thing. Now, do they do, they do a kind of more minimalist, minimalist performance just um, out of... A lack of budget or do they want the troops to more focus on the theatrics um you know the, the monologues the the content of what they're doing that's exactly it yeah. um adam driver has stated that they want to provide theater in its simplest form um they don't need anything flashy all they're doing is showing the similarities between uh, the military and theater. Um, he's quoted as saying the military and theater communities are actually very similar. Uh, you have a group of people trying to accomplish a mission greater than themselves. It's not about you. You have a role and you have to know your role within that team. So all he's doing is basically just trying to implement both of his loves while also um, providing uh, military people with a sense of entertainment since you know, they work these hard hours. They're yeah. out there literally risking their lives uh, yeah. for us. And that's, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's they're similar to each other. And while you're in the military, you're relying on the person next to you. It's, yeah. it's a team effort. 
So, you know, one thing I liked about this story was a lot of people that are in the military are extremely young, um, and they join the military because they're searching for some kind of purpose and meaning in their life, and they haven't. a lot of them haven't been exposed to the arts. And, you know, the arts make you think and feel from a different perspective, which I think is important for young people that haven't really experienced the world for that long, you know? Yeah. And uh, many are poor and low income, um, which is, you know, another reason why maybe they haven't even been exposed to the arts. And so I think at that age, and especially within in the situation that they're in, it's important to see the world from different perspectives and to have a lot of thoughts invoked, you know, that you may have never had before. Exactly. And basically what he's trying to arm the military community with is a sense of uh, self-expression. Uh, self-expression isn't really something that they're able to do too often um, while they're deployed or stationed. Um, so it's really nice to see him do something like that. And it's cool to see him implement both of his loves into one full thing. Um, I have my own opinions on the military, despite me coming from a military family. Um, but I can still appreciate what he's currently doing. And you can tell whenever he talks about it um, that he does have this big passion for it. Right. And, you know, I think this story doesn't really have anything to do with, you know, agreeing with the military's actions one way or another. The, pe the Most of the people, like I said, that are just troops are young people. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to sacrifice themselves for something greater than themselves. That's how they see it. We can all have our own opinions on how our military is used and implemented, but I think most of these kids have, you know, the best intentions at, at, at in their heart, and so and they're trying to sacrifice their their selves for the greater good of their home for all of us. So, you know, that is a commendable trait, and I think, you know, in the development of all their minds, there there could be nothing negative about being exposed to the arts and being exposed to theater and mm -hmm. maybe it will inspire them to go in a different direction once they get out yeah and kind of while researching this one of my favorite uh things that i've heard him say is uh try and think of the word how similar these two things are despite them being completely different uh, of course, theater, you're not risking your life. There's no possibility of dying. Um, but the organization of it is still very similar to how the military is. And I thought that was just really cool. Right. Like, just like in the military, every operation, uh, the success or failure of it uh, depends on the performance of the person next to you. And that's exactly the same in theater. Um yeah, I have an especial affinity for the theater. My mother was um, head of the drama department in, at Don Lugo High School for a number of years, and I saw you know, how hard it is to put on a lot of these performances, and uh, it takes a lot of time and effort, and I have seen these kids really grow mentally and, um, and um, emotionally. You know, it's it it can be nothing but a positive thing. Oh yeah, 
And one of my favorite things that I've heard Adam Driver say regarding these two things is on his latest uh, hosting of SNL, uh, he described that making a movie or being in the military is like making a movie or being in a play. You have one mission and you do it how uh, your commanding officer wants you to do it or director. And then the second time, yeah, you just go on a mission and make it fun. Uh, so I thought him saying that was pretty funny. So it, how much do you know about uh, Adam Driver's actual military experience? Was he deployed at any point? Um, so from what I can remember, uh, when he joined the Marines, it was just after 9-11. Is that the reason he joined? Uh, yes. So he joined because he wanted to have this kind of sense of purpose. All his friends were joining. Um, but before he joined the Marine Corps, um, he had driven all the way to Los Angeles. He wanted to become an actor, couldn't make it out there. So came all the way back to Michigan, I believe is where he's from. Um, and then once 9-11 happened, uh, he discovered his uh, his perfect his purpose and something he wanted to do um and so, that was that was um join the military yeah. and try to defend his country oh yeah and uh so then he got stationed in camp pendleton um and before they were supposed to head to afghanistan uh he broke his sternum in a mountain biking accident and he said not being able to go with his buddies to afghanistan was one of the most devastating uh, moments of his life. So he was injured before he was deployed. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we all know him as Kylo Ren from the Star Wars series, but what other movies has he done? Has he done something recently? So What's many. All right, um, let's hear him. He was just in Marriage Story with Scarlett Johansson. Phenomenal movie. Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Uh, I cried my eyes out. Um, he was in a movie called What If with Daniel Radcliffe. What funny is that? movie. What's that about? It's a comedy? It's a comedy. I haven't seen that movie, but I've seen certain clips of it. Um, looks really good. But he, besides the Star Wars uh, trilogy, he's most known for getting his start on HBO's Girls, uh, which was written by Lena Dunham. Um, he plays a character named Adam. <laughs> um <laughs> But that's where he got his start. That's where people were able to see his range of acting. And so that show is also very, very great. You know, you know, in my opinion, he was really good in Star Wars. Star Wars is not really known for its phenomenal acting. That's not really what drives that series. But his performance compared to, what is it? Uh, what's the guy that played... You're going to upset so many people. I know. I'm like drawing a blank. I know. Um, he played Anakin Skywalker in the previous. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. That was a horrible performance in my opinion. I'm sorry. I guess you disagree with me. <laughs> a lot of people do agree with me, but um, I think Adam Driver did a really good job as Kylo Ren. He oh, showed a lot definitely. of range. He showed a lot of, you know, conflicted emotions, which is, you know, what the character was you know that's the part part of what made his transition believable was his ability to show that um conflict within himself and i think he did a good job of that um yeah in my opinion kylo ren definitely has the 
best character development in the Star Wars, well, the new Star Wars trilogy. I think so. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think J.J. Abrams did Adam Driver so dirty. What? So in, dirty. In what, in what way? Explain that. Mm, part, mm, you know what? The movie's been out for so long. If you haven't seen it yet, that is not my problem. It, that's true. So they gave him this huge... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, Should have seen it already. But they gave Kylo Ren this huge redemption story only to kill him off. To kill him off. <laughs> I was so upset. I was sitting in the theater completely shocked. And now I'm sad because I will never see him in a Star Wars movie ever again. On the other hand, Anakin did not die, which... Um, he just turned into Darth Vader. Yeah, he just turned into Darth Vader. So, yeah, I almost wish he would have died. But <laughs> but then we wouldn't have Darth Vader. Right, you're right about that. So we're getting ready to wrap it up on the show. We are going to be broadcasting every week at the same time here from Chafee College. We'll have different hosts every week. We are going to be here every Monday at 2 p.m. The show's about 50 minutes long. Like I said, it's every show's not going to be like this. We're going to have a variety of different hosts and a variety of different topics. Me and Haley will be back in a few weeks, and we'll have some fresh topics and material. Hopefully, it'll be interesting for you guys. But I would recommend you guys tune in because there's going to be there's going to be a lot more, and uh, it, this show is going to have a, uh, a variety of different faces, like I said. We have one more PSA announcement before we go, so we're going to get to that. This is Chafee Radio Hour. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Breeze's first ever radio hour. Uh, again, my name is Haley. And I'm Eric. And I hope you guys enjoyed hearing us ramble on for the past 50 minutes. I know I enjoyed talking to you, Haley. I thought it went well. Same. I am very proud of myself for keeping up with politics, <laughs> which is something <laughs> I'm never able to do. Um, but yeah, again, uh, we are here. Well, not me and Eric, uh, but The Breeze. Uh, we are here every Monday at 2 p.m. And you can tune in to AMC 1630 or chafee.edu slash broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>